Okay. Um, Judd's Buds. Episode. Is it 28? Possibly 29? Actually, you know what? This is how we have to start it. Uh, whatever episode it was last time, that's what episode it is this time. Um, because if you notice, there just wasn't one last week. And that, apparently, is because um, my audio just decided, you know what, we're not going to record today. So there was no sound. Apparently, there was just a video of me talking for an hour and a half with no no sound. Um, so that got scrapped. I would be fascinated to like watch it um, because the idea of me of like a video of me being an idiot for an hour and a half with my eyeballs, you know, red. I mean, they were so red. I was so tired just like today. Actually, I don't think they're too bad today, but um, I mean, that would have been hilarious. So yeah, this is whatever episode it was last time. I think, I think it's the Bukestad episode. I think it's 27. So uh, sorry uh, that I didn't uh, have an episode last week. I'll tell you what, though, it was a pretty not great uh, effort on my part, though, so I don't really think we missed much, but that was the deal with that. Um, so let's just move past it, and, um, you know, we'll come out of the gates high-stepping somewhat um, today, and we'll make up for it, all right? So that's the plan. Um, how you guys doing? Everything good? Didn't pay your taxes or whatever? I didn't. Um I probably should have, though. Damn it, I think they were due today. That's not good. Uh, so, yeah, happy tax season for everybody. Everyone's favorite. It's, uh, the, you know, the government makes it super easy to pay taxes. Nothing's confusing. So, um, you know, a very not stressful time for everyone involved. Uh, I saw that it snowed in Minnesota recently, like a ton. That's interesting to me because it was either sunny in 65 here or pissing rain. So um, I'm not really sure which one which one I prefer. I am a, a real weirdo and I'm all about chaos. So I kind of wish that I was involved in like mid April, like 10 inches of snow. I think that's hilarious. So um, I'm kind of jealous of you guys, but uh, yeah, hope you're all doing well. And like I said, thank you for tuning in as always. Let's just get the show on the road. Um, this is what I'm thinking. I don't want to do a ton else other than the roundup because I feel like we haven't done a good roundup in a while. I can't remember if it was last week that I did the first one in like three weeks or if it was the one before. So I have no idea, but we'll do that. A couple guys I want to talk about. Um, I do have to talk about that St. Louis game or not really, but I want to touch briefly on that because that seems like it's Definitely who they'll be seeing in the first round of the playoffs, which could be bad. Uh, and then, you know, we'll talk about one or two guys. We'll go right into the roundup and then we'll get the hell out of here because I didn't even ask for questions today. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so let's just start with uh, the St. Louis thing, because apparently the St. Louis Blues are absolute kryptonite. Um, if you told me the Minnesota Wild hadn't beat them um, in the last 64 games, I would believe you. Uh, it actually is kind of amazing because it feels like even when they're not at their best, the Minnesota Wild find they find ways to win 
on a lot of nights when they don't have their best stuff. But for whatever reason, when they play the St. Louis Blues, they just find ways to lose. Whether it's they're just not playing well or they will play well, and then it'll be, you know, like one bad play turns into 10, turns into two goals. Um, or Braden Shen just decides to walk Jordy Ben into another galaxy, who I actually think has been pretty good. Honestly, the last couple of games with Jordy Ben hasn't been bad, aside from just getting walked against the St. Louis Blues. Um, that poor bastard. But I think, you know, for, for all the flack he takes, I think he's actually been okay. Um, but yeah, so it looks like it's going to be St. Louis Blues in the first round. And, you know, St. Louis has a couple tough games left. Minnesota has a pretty, um, you know, they have an okay schedule until the last two days. You got you finish season with back to back at home against uh, Calgary and Colorado. So, you know, you never know the the Wild could figure it out despite all these injuries and now this new COVID issue because apparently COVID is never going to go away. Um, so, you know, you, it could be you know the Wild end up finishing too. It seems like home ice might be pretty important considering how much better both teams are at home. Um, but the Blues are hot right now. They've scored four goals in like 100 games in a row. Um, you know, they've made a real charge. And, uh, you know, it feels like Minnesota's been finding ways to win, unless they're playing St. Louis. Uh, but it's felt like they haven't had their absolute best in a little bit here. But all things being equal, I think the injuries obviously really hurt. You know, now it's Dumba out, Greenway out. Um, you know, Merrill was out. I think he might still be out. Now Tyson Jost is out. And now we have a new issue with Marcus Foligno with a COVID issue. So he's going to mix the next five days. Very annoying. Now, um, you know, assuming they all get healthy and there's no like big weird COVID outbreak, uh, fingers crossed, um, which I don't think is going to be a problem. If, because I think now at least, not in Canada, you have to be symptomatic to test it. Did they end up making that rule? I can't even remember anymore. There's been such, it's been such a, I feel like we've had three seasons in one, to be honest. And I also feel at the same time, like the season's gone by super fast. So, you know, figure that one out. Uh, but I do think once they're all healthy, you know, if, if they could all get like a game or two in together, you know, a full healthy squad, I think that would be probably pretty important for them. Uh, just so you can hit that first round with a full head of steam. But, um, you know, the St. Louis matchup, I think you're lying if it doesn't make you like a little bit nervous, uh, just seeing the last two years and how that matchup is historically gone. Um, but you know, it's not like, you know, you're not sitting there saying, oh, there's just no chance, but you know, for whatever reason, St. Louis blues, they just match up really well, whether it's because they can just, you know, match your, uh, physicality and intensity, um, or there's just something about them that is just better than you. I have no idea, but, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that play out. I, it's good. I, t I tweeted it after the last game. It's going to be incredible and it's going to be terrible. Like I think it'll be miserable the whole time, uh, whether they win or lose. Um, but it really is going to be the classic first round matchup. It's going to be electric. It's going to be super physical guys will be killing each other. Um, you know, it's going to be a war and it, it feels like it has seven games written all over it. Right. So, um, it'll, it should be a really good series. Hopefully they can, uh, string together a nice little streak here to end the season and maybe St. Louis stumbles a little bit and you get home ice, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So that's what I want to say about 
that St. Louis. Now, let's talk briefly because Connor Dewar comes back in the lineup. And I thought, as I've said a million times this season, uh, he's an NHL player. I thought he was excellent. Uh, I think he played right around 10 minutes. He's a plus one with a shot on goal, a hit. He went like two for three at the faceoff dot. Um, you know, that line of Duhame, Delorier, and Dewar, I thought they'd, you know, they had a lot of, um, you know, work in the defensive zone. I thought, um, you know, I think Dewar just makes a lot of plays that a really good bottom six forward makes at the NHL level. And, you know, when he goes down to Iowa, he, it's almost like he's just too good there. Like, not necessarily too good as in, uh, he's just, he should never be playing here. It's just, I think he's, he's done everything that he could possibly do at the AHL level to the point where, um, you know, it's now time for him to just take his game to the next level of the NHL. So I, I think he've, he hasn't really looked all that out of place aside from maybe his first two or three games in the show. Um, and, you know, he just looks like a guy that belongs on that fourth line. He does a lot of the things that they wanted to do. You know, he's not the biggest dude in the world, but he is super physical. He plays hard. He finishes hits. Um, he's not afraid to battle along the walls. You know, he's whenever it is that he's a full-time NHL player, probably have to get a little bit stronger. But, um, you know, I like the kid a lot. And, again, I think defensively he's very good for such a young player with such little experience. Um, you know, he gets a lot of tough matchups out there even even – you know, at this point of his career. And I think he, uh, there aren't many plays or aren't many nights anyways, where you're just sitting there saying they get this kid out of the lineup. Like he's not ready. Um, I think he's proven time and time again, that he is ready. And that's why he has right around what 30 or so games now. So, um, you know, I'm sure the playoffs roll around. They're going to want that veteran fourth line and doer won't be in there, but, um, you know, I, I don't think he's a guy that, you know, if he is in, that lineup because of injuries or whatever you're sitting there like oh man like no chance um you know he's not he's definitely not hurting you so i thought he fit in really well so glad to see that he got a shot you know it, it's unfortunate that it comes because of injuries but um you know i thought he played really well and now we're looking at you know with felino being out mitchell chafee gets called up so this is the one that i've been screaming about for months now because he's torturing the AHL. Now he'll be in a very different role if he does indeed play in Montreal, which as Russo tweeted today, seems like it's pretty likely because now the Felino's out with COVID Jost is still hurt. And it doesn't look like he's going to be ready. Um, Greenway's out. There are a lot of spots there for him to uh, slide into. So it actually does look pretty likely that he will feature in the lineup and get his debut. So good for him. Undrafted kid out of college. Um, first full, full year in the AHL, and he has been unbelievable. Now, you know, it'll be, I'll be curious to see what role he ends up playing or what line. I, like in my, I've tweeted this before my ideal fourth line, whether it's this year, next, yeah, probably next season, assuming they're all still here. Um, I would love to see a line of Duhame with Dewar and Chafee. Dewar and Chafee have played together in the AHL quite often. And on a lot of nights, there's, you know, it was those two that were their two best players along with Beckman. Um, they look really good together. Now, Chafee has been a sniper, and he's not going to be asked to be a sniper when he does come up to the NHL. But, you know, he's a big kid. Um, he can move his feet pretty well. He's not like a dynamic skater or anything like that, but it's not a weakness. Um, 
you know, I think he's deceptive on the puck. The shot is NHL level. It's a joke. He loves coming off the half ball, coming off the circle, um, and then just unloading short or far side. You know, he scores from distance, which is hard to do. Um, I think he defends really well, too. He'll be out there a lot, uh, killing penalties. He'll be out there, um, you know, defending leads late. Um, you know, he's been a bit of a game breaker for them this season. So I think he's, this call up has been more than earned and more than deserved. And, um, you know, it's about damn time because, you know, they said it before, we were wondering if we were going to start seeing some AHL guys, some younger guys in the lineup, you know, towards the end of the year. So this is ideally when, you know, that would be happening. Unfortunately, I kind of in that, that hunt for that second seed, um, for the playoffs. So I'm sure, you know, they're going to be icing mostly a full lineup until like those last two games maybe and even then you're playing colorado and and uh, calgary so you know maybe you're not super comfortable with that but um, i'm excited to see it i'm really excited I, I again i don't think that we'll get the fourth line that i really would love to see in doer Duhame, and chafee uh because i don't think you're going to be wanting to put bugstad and delorier with uh joel erickson neck on the third line i'm sure you'll have you know some different combination but um you know, we'll see what he can do. We'll see. We'll see what gets for ice time. You know, we'll see what his usage is. But you know, at this point, he's absolutely deserved a call up, and I'm glad to see that he that it's happening. So good for him. Congratulations to Chafee. Uh, good for Dewar for coming right back into the lineup and fitting right in and doing really well. I thought he might have got a piece on that first goal. I I honestly thought I was like, yep, there it is. What do you know? He scored, uh, but he didn't. But good in that first screen. You know, got that, got the plus on that one. So, um. Now, the bad thing is, though, Iowa is still pushing for that playoff spot. And now it's probably just going to be like Marco Rossi and Kalen Addison, Kyle Rao, Mason Shaw versus whoever they're playing. So, you know, like when Dewar's not in that lineup for Iowa, it's very noticeable. Like he is, he has probably been their most consistent player the whole season. And a lot of nights, um, even when Rossi was putting up a point in a game, uh, Dewar was like their best player and most noticeable just because he's all over the ice. He's doing everything for them, whether it was scoring or assisting or, you know, killing penalties, um, you know, making little, like he was just doing a little bit of everything, which is why, again, I'm saying, you know, I think he's kind of proved that, you know, not that the AHL is beneath him, but he earned that call up. So, but you know, when he's not in that lineup, it's extremely noticeable, like very, very noticeable. Um, you know, and now that they're not going to have him and Chafee, you know, yeah, it's not really great timing, but it is what it is. And it's, you know, at this point in their careers, they've earned a spot or they've earned a look. So, um, you know, it probably sucks for Iowa, I'm sure. But at the same time, Tim Harvey, you know, he said it too. Like, um, you know, when he calls guys into his office to let them know that they're getting called up, he's, he always tells them that he hopes he never sees them again because he hopes that, you know, they go up and stick. So um, either way, congratulations to those two. Excited to see how they play. Um, assuming Chafee does get into that lineup if Joseph is still out. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Might be a Rem Pitlick revenge game. You you know that he he might end up scoring twice. So and we'll have Boldy versus Caulfield. I don't know if that's happened yet. So that could be interesting. But um, that's really all I want to touch on right now. I was still playing well. Um, but I kind of want to just go into the, the roundup and get out of here if I'm being completely honest with you. But before we do that, let's pay let's pay the bills. And I need to tell you about DraftKings. Hey, hockey fans. 
Feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get 150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can bet, can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe. It's secure and it's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Do it now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get 150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply, so you show notes for details. Um, I said this, I can't remember if I said it last week or if it was the week before. If I said it last week, you haven't heard this yet, although I feel like it's been a theme for a little bit now. Uh, I am so cold in DraftKings. I can't win anything. Um, you know, daily daily fantasy? Nope. Like, I, I've had to resort to betting on, like, real dog shit AHL matchups just to win a couple bucks back in betting. Like, I mean, I have on the cold streak of my life. I bet on the Slovakian playoffs the other day. That's where we're at. So, um, you know, use, use DraftKings, uh, but just don't ask me for suggestions on the lineups. Don't ask me any betting tips because I promise you, I will lose you money. Um, you know, and I've lost myself enough. We like we all don't need to, to feel that. So, um, anyways, let's go to the roundup and we'll get out of here. As always, we're gonna start with Ryan O'Rourke. He stays hot. He plays in two of their three last three games of the season. They'll be going up against Guelph in the first round. That should be an interesting matchup. Uh, Guelph has a couple guys um, who you know, the couple notice notable guys in you know the upcoming draft. They got a couple NHL kids. Um, off the top of my head, they've got Sasha Pastia, Pastiov. You know, he's a sniper, uh, Doc's pick. Uh, Poitra, he's going to be <laughs> – that was terrible. Uh, he'll be drafted this year. Um, you know, Danny Zilkin's 2022 draft. So there, there are a couple of guys there. You know, Daniel Cheka just got drafted by Vegas last summer on the back end. Big Russian dude. He's like six foot, what, six three. I think he's like still kind of a beanpole though, so uh, whatever. None of that matters. Um, you know, it should be a good matchup. You know, I think Ryan O'Rourke's going to have his hands full with some of those guys. Um, you know, historically, they've played pretty well against Guelph, um, but that's what they'll be facing the first round of the OHL playoffs. So, uh, you know, O'Rourke plays in two of those three games. Um, in those games that he played, uh, they win both. First one, they win 6-4. Two shots on net for O'Rourke and 11 penalty minutes. <laughs> Just rack it up the fucking pimps. Uh, drop the gloves in the first period, uh, defending a teammate. Um, actually, who did he fight? It was Goyette, another kid that's going to be drafted this season. Um, nice little tilt, a little angry tilt. Neither one of them really landed anything big until they went down, and the overall kind of popped them with one. Uh, and then he took three more penalties. 
he's got to he's got to stop doing that. I think one was a roughing too. Like he's just sometimes he's just the wires crossed, and that's what you love about him. But um, I, I thought he looked really good though, to be honest. Other than those eleven penalty minutes, three of which were minors. Um, you know, it's it's really it, it's just the simple things with him. You know, winning pucks, whether it's defending off the rush or just winning pucks, you know, in front of his net. Um, you know, and settling down the position, that's, that's the big thing that I like a lot. You know, sometimes, you know, you get hemmed in, um, you know, the other team has, you know, one of those uh, zone, offensive zone times over like a minute and it feels like you're just getting pelted. The guys are exhausted. Goalie has to like try to straight the legs out just to stretch. So he's not in the butterfly, but um, you know, and then O'Rourke wins the puck and he's able to just settle it. You know, he's not going to just send it down and ice it. Um, a lot of times he's finding someone, uh, breaking out of the zone or, or if he is going to dump it out, it's not enough for an icing um, or he'll just take it behind his own net and let everyone change and, and get a good first pass and then get off. But um, it is, it really is the little things with him on a lot of nights that, you know, you're just, I've said this, I think I've probably said it every episode. You just watch him, watch him play. And you're like, yep, that's a pro. He plays like a pro except when his wires cross. Um, second game, they win six, three again, hammer those overs uh, when the Sioux's playing. I think they've, I could probably count on one hand this season that they uh, actually hit the under uh, two assists in that one. Um, one real nice assist backdoor pass. Other ones off a shot. Uh, plus one with a shot on net. Um, again, thought he looked really good. Um, you know, he had the puck a lot. I found um, there are a few different times where he's being pretty deceptive on the puck as well. Um, you know, a lot of times he knows what he is. He knows what he's not. And what he is not is a Kale McCarr or a Carson Lambos in our case on the blue line. Um, but I did find that he was actually, um, you know, throwing some fakes in there, moving laterally with the puck. Like usually he's getting it and, you know, the extent of him moving right to left um, or quote unquote walking the blue line, even though he can, because he's a good skater, um, you know, but he's just looking to manipulate shot lanes and passing lanes and find sticks. And he is very good at creating those lanes, but uh, the one thing I really do like about him too, especially quarterbacking the number one power play in the OHL, uh, is the fact that, you know, his shot's pretty good. He's got a, it's hard, it's accurate, uh, but he's, he is selective with it. So he's not a guy that you look at the stat sheet and you're seeing like nine shots or like 10 shot attempts. Um, you know, I don't think he's ever, you know, had one of those plays where, you know, he's just shooting hopeful from the blue line. It's going, it's getting blocked and going down the other way. Um, he is usually finding those lanes, whether it's looking for sticks or just shooting for the rebound. He shoots with purpose is basically what I'm trying to say, but I'll tell you what though, there are a few times he was walking the line a little bit. Um, and, you know, throw a little bit of deception in there, whether it's a fake slap shot, you know, and then he's just moving the puck. Um, the other side, they only generated a couple goals like that. Um, even when he didn't really feature in the assist, but again, I just think the kid's so good. Um, yeah, I think he's done what he needs to do at the junior hockey level. He's ready for pro hockey. He fit in last year when he played in the AHL. So, um, you know, I think he's a guy that should absolutely be featuring prominently in the AHL next season. I think, um, you know, who knows, he could get a call up at some point, but, um, you know, regular season, I thought he was excellent. The one thing that comes up is just that temper. So, you know, he does have a short wick. Um, and every once in a while, will make a little bit of a bad decision, whether it's slew foot guys. Uh, but again, that's part of what makes him great. He plays with that edge every game, you know? So, 51 games this season, 10 goals, 36 assists, 46 points, plus seven. He finishes with 87 pims. Um, and that playoff series starts on Thursday versus Guelph. So that's Ryan O'Rourke. 
Um, moving on, who's next? Kyle Masters. Uh, I thought he was okay. Um, you know, the first game they went 8-3, only one shot on net, nothing else. Um, I didn't think he had the puck a whole lot. You know, there's always a couple times a game where he is doing one of those breakouts. It's really nice. But I think lately I haven't really noticed him as much those last couple of weeks. Um, I know he was hurt for a little bit, so he, well, he might be still nursing an injury. Um, you know, but I, I wouldn't say these were the two of either of his best games. But, um, you know, not bad by any means. The second game, I actually still haven't figured out what happened. Uh, they lose 3-2, and with 13 minutes left in the third period, he got a misconduct. Uh, 10 minute misconduct. So he pretty much didn't play the rest of the game. Cause I mean, at that point he comes back and you know, you get a charity shift every once in a while. Cause they've been playing with five D and they're all gassed. Um, and it was double whammy too. Cause they ended up going on a five on three. Cause someone else took a tripping penalty flop. Um, and it, I'm get it looks like they said that masters picked up the puck after they made the penalty call, which I mean, like everyone was mad about the call. Cause it was a shit call. And he, they, I think they're saying that he threw the puck away. Um, he just like flipped it, like wasn't even looking. Like a, I don't know if they were saying that he was flipping it away from the refs or whatever, but he literally was like looking at the bench and then just like flicked it. And I, it probably wasn't even enough to like go all the way down the ice and hit the wall. Like it was probably just like him like hit the puck, and all of a sudden you see the ref just come out of nowhere and point to the box and like aggressively point at Matt and everyone was confused. Um, so it's, so his only stat in that game was 10 penalty minutes at a horrible time. Um, but yeah, honestly, just not a, not a ton to say about him this week. Um, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Kyle Masters. He's been one of my favorites, if not my favorite low key prospect in the pool uh, to watch. And I thought he was excellent from like December through probably March, early March. Um, and then maybe it was right around when he got hurt. He come back. It wasn't that good. Um, you know, a couple turnovers. I thought, you know, the risk reward selection that usually he's pretty good about wasn't there. You know, he's hanging on to pucks too long on retrievals, trying to be a little bit over, over deceptive there. Um, you know, again, I, these two games specifically, I don't think it's bad or anything. I just don't think he was all that noticeable when I went back and watched, um, you know, in the 10 penalty minutes hurts you at the end of the game where you lose three, two. So, um, yeah, I mean, not much else to add. Um, you know, a couple of those two games, there are a lot of plays or a lot of times I was like, oh, yeah, he's there, but um, not super noticeable. But, you know, again, he doesn't get a ton of power play time. He doesn't get a ton of looks in the offensive zone. He is pretty much relied on defensively, which, you know, he is a super young player in that league. You know, he's a young prospect. So, um, and again, this is a kid that we're talking about, you know, if he does make it to the NHL, which is certainly not a guarantee, we're looking at a four year kid. So, um, you know, early on development, I think next year he'll feature more prominently, probably on that first pair, might get more power play looks. I do think there's a little bit of offense in there. Um, not a ton. I really, you know, there's some people who are pretty high on his offensive upside. I don't think it's, I don't think there's a ton there, even though he is very good. I just don't see the creativity offensive zone that I see when he's coming up the ice, which is interesting, you know, but you, you talk about modern day successful defensemen. Um, it's guys that are retrieving pucks. It's guys that are able to mitigate the four checks. It's, it's guys that are able to transition up the ice, um, you know, and get the puck into the offensive zone to your forwards makes the forwards lives a whole lot easier. Um, and I think that's his biggest strength. So I think there's always a spot for a guy like that. 
um, on your team. And it also helps that he's a right shot. So there you go. Uh, so for two games this week, Kyle Masters, uh, one shot, 10 penalty minutes for the season. Um, you know, you probably look at the stat line and be a little bit disappointed in terms of like the raw numbers, but I would say that there were a lot of nights that I thought he was excellent, even if he wasn't featured on the score sheet. So 65 games a season, three goals, 11 assists, 14 points, plus 24, very good defensively, uh, and 57 penalty minutes. I found out like they haven't updated his PIMS in like two months. So that's why I had to go back and actually count them myself. Cause I was like, Oh, he's got a couple 10 mis mixed conducts. So I don't know how it's possible that he had that few, but yeah, 57. Um, and I believe they will be playing. Are they playing Brandon? No, they're not. They're playing Saskatoon. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they are playing Brandon. So that'll be a meat grinder series. Brandon's super physical. They have Ridley, Greg, um, a couple other mutants. Uh, Red Deer, they play super hard. They're super tough. So I'm sure that game or that series will be entertaining. And that starts on Friday. And we're going to move on to the next guy who I believe. Yep. Carson Lambos. What a player. This kid rocks. Um, he actually got an embellishment penalty. I thought it was bullshit, but, you know, I'm also biased. Um, so he plays two games this week. Uh, they win 6-1 and 6-4. Uh, one assist, plus one, one shot, and two pins for the embellishment in the first game. I thought he was all over the puck. I thought he was their best defenseman. A um, lot of instances of him just grabbing the puck, walking the blue line. Um, a couple times where you're sitting there thinking, oh, Lambos is probably going to take this game over now. Um and actually, you know, I'm actually talking about the second game. Now I'm thinking about it because he was third star of that game. I thought, it, you know, if there were a couple of other guys that didn't have like three-point nights, then, you know, he'd be first, second. But uh, I thought he was honestly a lot of – we're going to talk about the second game when they win 6-4. Uh, one assist plus one, seven shots, third star of the game. That's the one he was taking over. Um, some of the passes that he fires through from the blue line, uh, whether it's on the power play or just in the offensive zone, possessions, like it's just – it's so good. And again, I think I, I'm not sure how often I've mentioned it, but his decision-making in terms of, you know, when he's going to go pinch, when he's challenging in the neutral zone, I don't think he's made, I've seen him probably make one or two bad decisions in total this season where, you know, he's pinching and, you know, it's very obvious that you shouldn't pinch, um, you know, and the other team goes down the other way, or, you know, if he's going to step up in the neutral zone, he's either winning it um, or he's just, stepping up to get physical uh because he knows there's someone behind him or he's just going to go disrupt that play even if he's not going to win the puck so it, he really as the season's gone on i thought he got better and better and better you know the points are there uh plus minus is obviously there um you know he's a physical kid he's tough he defends teammates not afraid to drop the gloves he's kind of like the perfect size where he's not like a six three six four mutant he's right around six one right around 190 200 pounds um you know it's not easy to push him off the puck he's a prick to play against in front of the net if you're gonna go, if you're gonna try to go net front and you gotta deal with lambos he's gonna you're gonna know he's there um but again the offensive zone he is just he stands out every night um the points are the points will reflect that he gets t uh co-team mvp this season on a very very good winnipeg ice team number one in the whl uh possibly you know you can look at them you can look at hamilton in terms of the chl in totality um you know they're an absolutely loaded team so that helps but i just i 
man, this kid, you know, I knew he was really good coming in. I had watched a good amount of him. Um, there are a lot of nights that he looked really good at the beginning of the year, but like as time's gone on, it's like this kid should be, you know, he's projecting to be pretty close to pro hockey. Um, you know, I think in a year he'll be challenging for, you know, ice time in the NHL. So, um, all in all, just an excellent season for him. Uh, really fun player to watch. I've said it a thousand times. The fact that you get him and Jesper Wallstead in the first uh, round last last summer uh, without having a pick before number 20 is incredible. Um, so you should be very excited about Carson Lambeau. So 51 games a season, 10 goals, 37 assists for 47 points, plus 42, which is ridiculous, uh, and 57 penalty minutes. Damon Hunt is still injured. We'll see if he ends up playing. Oh, sorry. And uh, Winnipeg will be playing uh, Prince. Nope, not Prince George. Was it Prince Edward Island? <laughs> like, why am I not allowed to click on this? Prince. Prince Albert. That's so different than what I said. Who cares? Um, yeah, they'll be playing Prince Albert that series also starts on Friday. Um, let's go to Damon Hunt because he did not play because he is still injured with the quote lower body injury. Don't know what it is. Uh, I didn't notice thing, anything in the last game that he played. Uh, we'll see if he ends up playing. They're playing Saskatoon, which is Josh Pillar's team um, in the first round. Also starts on Friday, I believe. I should double check before I lie to you. Yes, Friday. Uh, but, yep, he's still out. Hasn't played in a while now. Uh, we'll see what it is or if, you know, they're maybe just saving for the playoffs. But, either way, that's not that good. So, fingers crossed that he will be on the ice on Friday playing against Saskatoon in the playoffs. Speaking of Saskatoon, let's go to Josh Piller. Uh, played. Thought he looked really good. Uh, didn't get on the score sheet, but he's on the ice for a goal four. So plus one, a shot. He went four percent with the faceoff dot. Um, he's been playing a lot of third line center lately, which is cool. Um, you know what? He might not be a point per game kid anymore, like he was at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, in Kamloops when he's on that top line with Stankoven, and on a lot of nights Bankier. But you know, right now he's getting really good opportunity to play uh, on a team that isn't as good. But you know, he's used in a lot of different areas for them, just like he was in uh, Kamloops. So a lot of nights he's playing center on that third line. A lot of nights he's playing in that top six in the right wing. But, you know, you're looking at a kid who, you know, growing up played center. So uh, just another kid in your prospect pool who has a little bit of versatility there. He is an overager, so we, I don't think he can go back to the WHL next season. So this is a kid you'll probably be seeing in Iowa, I'd imagine. Um, I think he's really fun player to watch. Um, I've said it before, it reminds me a lot of Craig Smith where it's just like kind of chaotic, um, but, but pretty fun. Um, again, he plays on that PK. He's good defensively. Um, he's aggressive. He's pretty tough. Uh, he skates well, he's really fast. And that shot is a bullet. Um, you know, he's got a good, good shot on him. And now, and like I said, he's a versatile player. He can play center. He can play wing. I think if he makes it to the NHL, he definitely projects as a wing, but, um, uh, no, you look at the right side, the prospect pool, it's not a bad spot to be if you're if you're a pillar and you have some aspirations to 
uh, make it to the NHL. Um, so I guess that's, that's probably what I'd leave with Josh Pillar. Um, you know, I, that injury was pretty serious, obviously, at the beginning of the season. Uh, or not beginning, I guess like right halfway through, and then he was out for a really long time, and he got that trade, which was like, again, I've said it before, but really cool of uh, Camlos to do so he could be closer to home. Um, and why can't I pull up his prune? Okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't find out what that injury was. Um, he still didn't finish the season playing every game, but I thought he was really good when he did come back. Um, and again, that injury is obviously pretty serious. So, uh, good to see that he was just able to come back and play again, uh, and play at a high level on a lot of nights. So, um, you know, we should see him in Iowa next season. Um, and we'll see how he does there. So 46 games this season, 13 goals, 24 assists for 37 points. He's a plus three with 42 penalty minutes. Um, a lot of those points, honestly, let's look. When he was in Kamloops, he played 29 games, 11 goals, 20 assists for 31 points in those 29 games. And he's played 17 in Saskatoon with two goals and four assists. Um, I mean, used pretty sparingly, too, at the beginning as well. So, um, But all in all, you know, before that injury, I thought he was excellent. So like Josh Pillar, have a, I have a lot of time for him. Um, you know, even if he is mostly chaotic. Uh, Pavel Novak, I thought he was very quiet in their two games. Um, but he was just okay. Um, two games this week, they win 3-2 in overtime. He's dashed one with five shots. He goes one for three at the faceoff dot. They win 3-1 the second game, three shots, two for three at the faceoff dot. Um but, you know, not super noticeable in terms of the standard that we probably have him at after this season. Uh, this was by far his best year, um, you know, in the WHL and also compared to, like, you know, when he was in Europe uh, last year. Um, very fun player to watch when he's on. Uh, you know, you're never questioning the compete level. Uh, the shot's no joke. Uh, he's a buzzsaw in the offensive zone. He's very annoying. A little water bug out there in the offensive zone. He will for sure have to <laughs> figure out the defensive side or at least how to have a little bit of effort. I've said this a thousand times. I don't need to keep hashing it out. Although I did think that, you know, this week and last week that I guess we didn't talk about because I had no audio. Um, you know, I thought there was a little bit of, uh, I thought there was a step or two in the defensive zone. You know, he's, again, at least moving his feet, which is like half the battle with him, apparently. Uh, but, you know, he was actually used not just for on, not just on face-offs on the PK. You know, he wasn't just taking the face-off, winning it, and then getting out. <laughs> he was staying out there, and I actually thought, um, you know, it wasn't perfect, but the effort was there, and he made a couple of nice plays with the stick. So, you know, I've said it before. He, he's able to defend on the forecheck. Like, so, and a lot of times... Um, you know, he's picking off D to D passes or he's picking off uh, breakout passes coming from the other team's defense in the offensive zone. So, uh, you know, it, there is something there, right? Like, I think you have a kid that you can work with um, as he progresses. So we'll see what they do with him next season. I do think he's, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play next season in WHL. He just turned 20 uh, two days ago. Um but whatever, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, but just an excellent season. I mean, talk about strides. Before, you know, you're looking at him and you're saying he probably doesn't make it to the NHL level because he just scores from deep on the power play. This season, he's mostly, honestly, at that net front, the power play, still scoring, whether it's, um, 
you know, mucking it up for loose bucks in front of the net. Uh, you know, he is still scoring from distance. He's scoring on breakaways. He's, um, you know, scoring in a variety of ways, like dynamic goal scoring this season that I hadn't really seen from him before. I thought the skating did get better this season as well. It's still kind of chunky and doesn't project super well, but I also don't know how much that's really going to hold him back. Like, He's not a kid that if he makes it or doesn't make it, it's because of his skating. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it was a lot better. And it's not a speed thing because there are a lot of times that it's just flying, um, especially on that forecheck. Like he's whether he's F1 or F2 in the forecheck, like he's where he's supposed to be. So um, but I do think that the skating did take a stride this season. So good for him. Uh, so 62 games, 29 goals, 43 assists for 72 points, plus 26, 14 penalty minutes and a of those 29 goals, only eight come on the power play. So a lot of even strength, a lot of, yeah, I think he scored two shorthanded goals this season. So that's cool. Um, but just an excellent season for me. I believe he's your prospect pool leading scorer for most of the wild prospects, but uh, just an excellent season for him. So good for him. We'll see where he ends up next season. And finally, Caden bank here. What a way to finish the season. Um, you know, if you've listened from day one, you know that I was, um, I don't think I was harsh at all, but I was pretty critical at the beginning of the year. I thought he was getting a ton of points, whether it was on the power play or just like tap-ins from Logan Stankoven and Josh Pillar. Um, you know, they didn't play a ton of hockey last season. You know, he just hit the gross. So I think he was probably working through a lot of things, but for the past three or four months, he's been an absolute stud. And this week, I thought he was incredible. Uh, first game, they lose 4-2, but he gets an assist. Uh, two pims, you know, six for 10 at the faceoff dot. Um, you know, the last month or so, he's played left wing, center, and right wing. So <laughs> talk about versatility. Um, and sorry, the second game, they win 5-2, goal assist, plus three with four shots on net. And he goes nine for 10 at the faceoff dot. So this week, a goal with two assists, two penalty minutes. He's a plus three and 15 for 20 at the dot. Um, I'll tell you what, it's it's mostly because I'm looking for him, I think. But I notice him every game now. Um, you know, Logan Stankoven's having over 100 points season, over 50 goals. Um and uh, is the absolute line driver when they're playing together. But I tell you what, Caden Bankier makes his life so much easier. Caden Bankier is the one in the defensive end winning pucks. He is creating loose pucks in the offensive zone. He's winning pucks in the fourth check. He's, you know, winning the puck back if they turn it over. Like he he's doing all the little things. He's getting in the trenches. He's playing the hard areas of the ice. Um, and I think he does facilitate a lot for Logan Stankoven. I do. Um, you know, he definitely benefits from playing with Stankoven or whether it's him or Seminoff or Toporowski or Mitten, whoever he's playing with. Um, he definitely benefits. Um, but there are a lot of plays that he's making too that make that line go. So I don't think he's by any means a slouch. I don't think he's just, you know, getting easy cookies from playing with some of the best players in the league on one of the best teams. Um, you see him on the power play, you see him on the penalty kill, you see him defending leads. Uh, late in the game, you see him chasing games when they're down. Um, he's on the ice in every situation. And again, I think his versatility that he can play on either wing and he can play center for you. And his faceoff percentage has skyrocketed as the years got on too. That's improved. Another thing, 
you know, skating was a big concern as he's growing and he's figuring out how to be six two and play the way he wants to play. The two things that I think have really come a long way is I think he's a lot more physical and he's a lot uh, more apt to use that size and strength. Um, and I think he's figuring that out. And I think the skating has actually come very far. Um, but, you know, he actually gets their team uh, unsung hero award. What's it called? The uh, I can't remember what it's called, but um, that's like the perfect description of a Caden bank here. If he makes in the NHL, it's like, this is a guy, you know, he's not gonna get talked about a ton, but he's going to be a very important part of whatever line he finds himself on. I've compared him in the past to, you know, an Alex Kalorn who can take faceoffs. Um, you know, he's got the scoring touch. Um, he's absolutely capable of playing with very good players. Um, he does a lot of the little things. Um, you know, you look at Alex Kalorn in that cup final, he's blocking shots and then he's still playing. That just is kind of reminds me of bank here. I think there's similar profile in that way, but. I think he just had an. He finishes the year. Someone asked me a while ago about his point production. So he finishes the year. I wrote this down because I didn't. I noticed that he had points so often lately. I was like, I gotta go check like, how he finished the year. So he finishes the year on a ten-game point streak, in which he has five goals and eleven assists for sixteen points. Um, you know, and he finishes the year. I think at one point in the year, he was like a thirty-two percent face-off guy. Uh, finishes over 50%, so that's good. Um, but I think his game's come a long way this season. The combination of the skating getting better, he, uh, you know, the assertiveness, the confidence, you know, he's driving the net a lot with the puck, using his size to an advantage, using, you know, learning how to use it. Because again, we've said this before, he had a pretty significant growth spurt like two years ago. Um, and that's not an insignificant thing when a kid's played hockey at the same size forever. And now he has to figure out how to do it a little bit differently. Um, you know, I think right now he's just, he's hot right now. Like he's, <laughs> you're noticing, a, uh, you know, every once in a while he'll make a play that you're like, oh, I didn't know he had hands like that. Um, but all in all, I think he's just become a lot more assertive. I think he has, um, you know, he's on the puck a lot more. He's not just hanging out in the perimeter, hanging out in that front, waiting for someone to, you know, throw him a tip in. Um, you know, he's winning battles along the wall. He's engaging along the wall. He's winning pucks. Um, he's just doing a lot of the dirty work for guys like Logan Stanko and to make their lives 10 times easier. And I mean, you could see it like he'll, it, it'll be not a super flashy assist, but he'll get an assist because he's winning a puck along the wall and like chipping it back in for Stanko to go get um, and pretty much just like have an open shot at the net. And his teammates all love bank here. And you can see him there like pointing at him, whatever, just get all pumped up. But he's got the A for a reason, but you know, unsung hero award for Cam Loops, and that's the exact description I'd use for him. Uh, again, finishes the year on a 10 game point streak with 16 points. Um, you know, playing both center wing, um, but just a super versatile kid. Uh, I thought he played really well this season, especially as the year went on. Um, you know, and he's definitely a kid. You know, you give him another year in juniors for sure. Um, and see what he can do. But, you know, I, I do like this kid a lot. I think he's got a lot of tools that get him to the NHL, um, but we'll see again, third round pick. So far from a guarantee. So 68 games a season, 21 goals, 39 assists, 60 points. He's a plus 19, uh, and 26 penalty minutes. Let's go to Europe. Simon Johansson, his season's done. Uh, they were eliminated by uh, TPS. He got hurt. Uh, so he actually didn't even play this week. Um, 
I never found out what the injury was, but um, I just know that he didn't play. Um, so it's a bummer that that season comes to an end uh, just because he was having such a good year. Um, you know, by far the best of his career so far since being drafted. Um, you know, fun fact, his youth team was Boo IF, B-O-O-I-F. That doesn't mean anything, just that I think it's funny. Um, signed next season over there, so, you know, he's not coming over. Um, but, you know, yeah, another they don't have a ton of right shot defensemen. Um, you know, he skates super well, offensive offensive defenseman working on the defensive side of the game. Um, really just like a ton of fun to watch. He quarterbacks that power play extremely well. Uh, he's got, he is a big body. You know, he's six, 290 pounds, but, um, you know, every once in a while he'll, he'll, he'll hit the wire, the wires will cross a little bit and he will, he's not afraid to get physical for sure, but you know, you're not looking at him as like a shutdown guy, but you know, you're looking at a, at a right shot D, um, you know, I think you could feature on a third pair, I think, um, you know, he can be on that second power play unit, even though it looks like a lot of times in, in Finland, he looks like he's a first power play guy. Um, and he, his cousin's Alexander Wenberg. So that's always cool. Maybe that'll get him over here, but uh, signed one season over there. Um, so then we'll see if he comes over or if they ever get him. But um, just a skilled offensive D, good scoring abil- uh, ability. Oh, my God. Um, you know, power play guy. I think he has really high hockey IQ. I think he's, he reads the game. Well, I think he, you know, when he's walking the line on this, uh, on the, when he's walking the blue line with the puck, you know, I think he, he really is fine. Good at finding, uh, passing lanes, shooting lanes, uh, creating open lanes for himself. Um, you know, and that shot's no joke. He had a bomb and it's accurate. So a lot of fun to watch this season. Um, hopefully the injury is not too, too serious, but we'll see, I guess. Um, but, you know, career year, so good for him. So this season, 58 games in Le- in Liga, uh, eight goals, 24 assists. Before that, the most goals that he's ever scored was in the J20 when he scored 60 with the year garden. Uh, last year in the SHL, he had one goal in 37 games. year before, they had one goal in 34 games. Uh, so then he comes over to Liga, puts up eight and 58. Uh, 24 assists, 32 points, um, you know. 20 pims, he's plus six. Playoffs, nine games, one goal, five assists, six points. Uh, that is excellent, but, um, you know, very noticeable every time he plays. Good season, so good for him. Moving on, Philip Johansson is insane right now. Uh, he continued, it, it sucks that he's never going to come over here, uh, but he is torching the playoffs, like torching. Um, he has goals in f- three straight playoff games. Um gotta look it up now uh, i'm thinking about it but uh two games this uh this week for for london the playoffs again they swept the first round uh goals in both games this week first game they win six threes going 16 28 time on ice with a goal bomb assists four shots plus three and a hit <laughs> game two they, they lose four two uh he's got a goal with four shots on net plus one one hit has not been on the ice for an even strength goal against, I don't think, in the playoffs yet. Uh, defending really well. He's, like, playing real physical. Um, and it looks like he's playing, like, big game hockey for them right now. Like, I have never seen – like, again, he was playing well all year. 
but I have not seen this from him. He's like, he's been a beast. And there have been a few nights where he looks better than Edvinson. I'm not saying he is better than Edvinson. I'm just saying, um, you know, I was able to watch a good chunk of one of the games. Was it this week? But, you know, he was the defenseman that they were looking to. Um, he was on the puck pretty much the whole time uh, defending well. He's so good at transition. Um, you know, a lot of his offense does come from him just knowing when to go with the puck and transition and carry it himself or when to pass it. But, you know, he's got, he's got a couple of goals this season where he's just lugging the puck from his own end, you know, getting that blue line, and he'll rip like a no-look uh, just cannon of a, of a wrist shot, and it's accurate. But a lot of fun to watch, um, so good for him. So this season, this regular season, 47 games. Again, I thought he was excellent, but, you know, the stats don't jump off the page. 47 games, three goals, and eight assists for 11 points. In the playoffs, he's six, six games. He has four goals with two assists. He's six points, and he's a plus seven. So, like, he already has produced half the amount of points in 41 fewer games, and he's got more goals in the playoffs that he does in the regular season. So he's just playing unbelievable hockey. He was good last year too, but um, you know, this is like, he just took a step, but again, you're never going to see him. He signed for two years over there and they'll take the second round pick, pick and run, but all in all, it's a really good season for him. Wallstedt did not play. He's been backing up, which we said before, it's not surprising. You know, he wasn't healthy until that last game where he comes in, of course, gets a shutout. I would expect once that season ends, he'll be signing that entry-level contract and come over next season to play with Iowa. You know, for Lunda, shells Lulea next game. Maybe we'll see him. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But, yeah, so he's just backing up. Uh, Russia, Siska beats Ska. So Husnadinov is out. Um, I thought he was okay. The few playoff games that I watched, I thought he was pretty much used in a defensive role, especially the last game that I saw. I think his final stat line was like 11 minutes. I think he had three hits and four block shots. Um, again, that's how he projects right now. But, you know, you look at the skating, you look at the offensive hockey IQ, um, and, you know, and every once in a while that playmaking ability will, um, you know, jump off the page at you. So right now, like, I, again, I've said this before, I think his absolute floor is a Nico Sturm, you know, as a guy that can skate um, excellent defensively um, and could probably top out of the third line center role. Um, you know, the way he's playing right now, he projects as a, as a three C, but you know, you look at him and he's got those tools, you know, he's got to get a little bit bigger. He does. I know everyone hates to hear that. He does need to get a little bit. I think he's like 160 pounds right now. Uh, but you could see a guy that ends up, you know, whether it's a left wing or if it's a center, he could play in a second line on a good team. Um, you know, that's very good defensively. That can kill penalties for you. Um, and again, I could skate like the wind. My God, is he fun to watch, but all in all, pretty good season from him when he was getting ice time. Uh, you know, magically he signs that two year deal with Ska. We'll see what happens now with the KHL. Like Jesus Christ, they're a disaster. Um, but you know, now he'll have a good chunk of development over there and he should be coming over here, bigger, stronger. Um, you know, he's going to be playing pro hockey over there. So uh, I don't think, you know, depending on the KHL goes, I don't think him staying there for another two years is really going to really going to kill him. Um, you know, he's at least two years away from playing the NHL anyways. So 
Uh, we'll see what happens. But all in all, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was excellent. You know, then he stopped playing because Rush is weird. Um, then he signed his contract, and all of a sudden he's playing 60 minutes, and I thought it was excellent. Uh, Svetlakov has been really good for them. He's got a bunch of points in the playoffs. And Guskov, uh, last two games that he played, he played 31 seconds, three shifts, and then he played seven seconds. Believe it or not, it was only one shift. Um, so they're playing Magnitogorsk, I think, in the semifinal or whatever. Uh, I saw Svetlakov did play today. Guskov didn't. Um, you know, I've said this before. I've been, I've had a hard time getting into the KHL playoffs, if I'm being completely honest with you. So we're going to move on. Final one, Nate Benoit. I think he's been playing really well. I've actually tried to watch more of him. Um, you know, he's getting on, well, he's just getting a ton more ice time in Omaha. Obviously, it's not a very, you know, good team, or at least they're not as good as uh, Tri-City when he was there. But, I mean, on Tri-City, there was nights where he probably was playing like six minutes. Um, you know, there was a few games that I was like, did he even go on the ice this period? So, you know, now he's, on a lot of nights, he's playing on that first pair for them. Um, you know, and I've said it before, he projects as a you know, bottom pair guy that's pretty tough. Uh, he's super physical, simple game, but I actually think he moves his feet really well. Um, you know, he's liable for a couple of turnovers in the defensive zone, specifically like clean puck. There have been a few nights where it seems like a chore. Again, you're talking about what a six round pick, like who cares? Um, but actually, I have grown to respect the way he's able to move his feet and skate. I think he's actually fairly mobile for a kid his size with his profile. Um, and I actually like his shot, too. I think, you know, every once in a while he'll have a creative play uh, offensively. Every once in a while he'll flash a little bit of skill at you. Um, you know, nothing dynamic or anything or nothing that he's really going to do at the NHL level, probably. But, you know, just knowing the program that he comes from around here in Mount St. Charles doesn't really surprise me either. Um, but... Now I'm going to try to watch a little bit more of him. So two games this week. First one, they lose 6-2, one shot, plus one. Second game, they win 4-2, three shots, and a plus two. So if you think about some of um, the roundups in the past with him, it was like they would win 6-1 and he would have a hit. Or like, <laughs> I think that was it. Um, so two games, four shots, plus three. This year, he's got 57 games in the USHL, one goal, eight assists, nine points, 47 penalty minutes, and he's plus 10. Um, I think they have a couple of games left um, for the playoffs. And then um, he's staying there next year. Uh, he won't be going to North Dakota until the year after. So, you know, if he's going to make it, definitely a long-term uh, project prospect. So, uh, but tell you what, he's, he's got my interest now. So, that's the roundup folks. We did it. We did a podcast in less than an hour, probably because I didn't take questions. Uh, I didn't talk about Iowa, but we did it first time ever. So before uh, the clock strikes strikes an hour and what did I just say? Actually, I kind of meant to say that before the clock strikes midnight and before the clock strikes an hour on the podcast, let's just get out of here. Uh, start sending those questions as many as we can try to get so we can have questions for next time, maybe even just a mailbag episode. Um, but other than that, thanks for, uh, thanks as always for tuning in. Stay safe or don't, because I don't care. Do whatever you want. Live your life. Uh, and I'll see you next week.